Welcome to More Than a Budget, a podcast presented by Relational Media. Co-founders Jeff Fine Thomas, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and John Mitchell, a certified financial planner, combine the fields of psychology and personal finance to help couples improve their relationships and discover what is more important than money. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Jeff. And today we are talking about credit, credit scores. scores. Credit scores, credit. Woohoo! I feel like this topic is like shrouded in mystery. Like I think we all sort of have an idea that our credit score has something to do with our financial health, but I feel like also a lot of people don't understand what a credit score is. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's getting a lot more play. I think 10 years ago, nobody had a clue, you know, what numbers were good and what numbers were bad. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we, we've all heard the, Oh, don't do this and don't do that. You know, and you know, we see a lot of the commercials for, you know, get your credit score here, you know, yeah. gov or whatever. Um, and so I think it's becoming a little bit more accepted in our culture that the credit score is really important. I've even heard rumors that uh, dating relationships can be um, scorned um, over finding out that the person that uh, you're dating has a, a bad, bad credit, credit score. score. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, and I guess to some reason, you know, some ways I can kind of go, Hey, you know, this, how responsible, how safe is the relationship that I'm entering into? Um, you know, and I, I think that's kind of a terrible way to find yourself branded. Yeah, sure. But I get it. I mean, you know, we kind of think about security as having a financial component. Obviously it has, obviously it has a relational component too, but probably most people think about security in financial terms mm-hmm. and a credit score would be one way of kind of measuring that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what's the most common Second question after you ask somebody their name when you're getting, yeah, what do you do? What do you do? So why do you ask that question? What do you do? Yeah. Trying to find a pecking order, right? Absolutely. I mean, let's not lie about it. It's, (laughs) you know, Oh, I'm just trying to make a connection. Well, yes, you are trying to make a connection, but there's an element of right there starting to evaluate, you know, especially in a dating relationship, evaluate, is this person suitable? Mm -hmm. Right. So, Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's obvious that that we look for for things that tell us stuff about that. So, with the idea that um, credit scores are important, I wanted to you know maybe provide a little bit of a of an intro to kind of how this all works, okay? Uh, so that people can um, not become victims of some of the things that they might inadvertently do. Sure. So um, obviously, for a lot of us, this is going to be review. But some of the things in the world around us that our credit credit scores are used for. Um, first off is just how, how much of a credit risk we are. And so that gets to the core question of would somebody loan me money? And number two, how much interest would they charge? If they think that you're a high risk, then they charge more interest. If they think you're a high risk, they're probably not going to loan you money. Okay. So, but if they think you're a decent risk, they might charge you a lot of interest. If they think you're a very, very low risk, I think we have, this is where things start to break is, we want to grade this on a curve. I'm better. I'm a better credit risk than half of the people out there. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about that. Yeah. The the question isn't am I better than Bob or Mary. The question is is am I 99.9 percent sure that if I loan this person money that over the next five years they're going to pay every penny of it back on time with the interest I dictate. With the interest. Yeah. So it's not a it's not on a curve. It's an absolute. Can I feel confident? as a lender, that I'm getting all of this back. 
And the credit score is a way to measure whether someone is a good risk. Yes. So then, you know, you know, the interest rate obviously plays into that. If I think somebody's just totally solid, um, they're going to get the best interest rate out there. People are going to compete for that kind of business. Um, Repayment risk. You know, can we get a car for, can we get a loan for a car or a credit card? They're wanting to know what are the odds on a car, a car loan, what are the odds that we might have to repossess this car? So a lot of that gets down to the idea of how much money down are you, how much money are you putting down on the car? So if I, if I buy a new car and I put the very minimum down, I'm creating risk for the lender. The, lend, the lender is picking up a risk that says a year from now or two years from now, this car may A, not be very well cared for, mm-hmm. and B, may have a lot of miles on it, and be worth less than the current loan balance. So if I have to repossess that car and go sell it, which is expensive, which is expensive and auction it off, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get back what I loaned on it. Banks right? don't like not getting their money back. And they don't. Yeah. They really don't. So, but there's some other areas that are just outside of normal credit issues that we're kind of commonly okay. thinking about. Sure. Um, the amount you pay for insurance premiums. We've already talked about what you have to pay for the interest on the car, but did you know that the actual... Um, payment that you make to the auto insurance company is partially based on your credit score. You mean auto insurance or all types of insurance? Lots of different types of insurance. Okay. So Explain. we could be talking about liability. Like some people have an umbrella policy that says, hey, if somebody trips and falls and hits their head in my backyard and I'm on the hook for that, I can have a liability policy mm-hmm. that helps pay for that. Um, renter's insurance is a classic. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got a bunch of stuff in my house, but if I'm the type of person who doesn't pay back their bills very well, if I'm the type of person who doesn't take care of their stuff very well, there's a chance, a good chance, that I might be the kind of person who leaves his door open or gives a key to a, a, a person who's probably not worth getting a key to. Gotcha. The insurance company is looking for reasons that you might be the person who's going to be filing a claim. And the credit score, oddly enough, is an interesting way of discovering that. They've figured out some correlation between credit score and whether you're going to do something that would risk them paying out on an insurance claim. All the way to life insurance. Wow, okay. So the rate that you pay has par- is partially built off of kind of where your credit scores are. Interesting. Yep. Okay. So um, another one that's surprising, it's gotten a little bit better, but it used to be that employers could run a credit check on you. This one is so, it is surprising to me. Uh I've been self-employed pretty much my whole career. Mm -hmm. So obviously I don't care. Nobody's running a credit score on me because I'm the boss. Right. But why would an employer want a credit score? Well, first of all, let's let's clear up, because I said something kind of interesting there. I said in the old days, they used to. Um, Now without your permission, they cannot run a full credit score. But okay. they can look into your history. A lot of times companies are saying, we'll, we'll, we're going to do a background check, uh-huh. which in some ways is kind of like a light credit check. It's not actually looking at your credit. But what they're looking for is how many places have you lived in the last five or six years? So if you lived in 10 different places, which shows up on a light credit? On this background check. Okay. Then that means maybe you're not stable? You could, you wouldn't be consistent? and. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe past performance is an indic is indicative of, of future, future performance. performance. Okay. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so there's lots of things that are out there that are part of your public record um, that while they're not entirely credit scores, they're not whether you paid your credit card on time, but they do give people um, information and companies are free to use that information how they want. Okay, okay. Well, so, so yeah. So if there, what, what should we do? What tips do you have for us for keeping your score solid or improving it or whatever? So probably one of the number one ways that you can have an improving credit score. Now, I want you to think about the idea that your credit score is always moving. It's either moving up or it's moving down. Okay. So we don't think about getting a credit score. We think about improving a score, maintaining a score, you know, maybe wrecking a score. Uh But it's always in motion because every time you make payments or open a card or close an account, that's causing motion in your credit score. Okay. So one of the things that we can do um, to continue to improve our, our credit scores is under the topic of credit utilization, which okay. basically is pretty simple. And that is that if I look at all of the credit lines that I have open, I have you know two credit cards and a bank loan. Maybe the bank loan's on the car, okay? Okay. And if I'm running my credit cards at the max every month, which they track, mm-hmm. and I still owe more on the car than it's worth, I am overutilizing my credit. Okay. I'm using it all, you know, to the limit, baby. I've okay. got every, every dollar that you will loan me, I'm going to borrow. Okay. Right? You know, that tells a lender right there, ooh, this, it wouldn't take much of a surprise. It wouldn't take much of a surprise job loss, a surprise expense. Medical problem. Medical problem, and this person's in deep trouble. Okay. So credit utilization. If you have credit limits, it's fine to have a big credit limit on a credit card. Don't use much of it. That shows that you're responsible. That shows that you have a savings account. Big deal. Mm-hmm. That shows that you are, you know, running within your means, that you have margin in your life financially. Okay. All those kinds of things. So credit utilization is a big, big deal. Um, the other one is, is I just call it don't wait. I think I've seen so many people that have found themselves with um, declining credit scores mm-hmm. because they've missed, they've been late on one or two payments a month. Maybe you have two credit cards, you know, a gas card, a house payment, and a car payment. Mm -hmm. You know, that's pretty normal. Sure. Right? And you're paying all of those except for, you know, every once in a while I'm late on one. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal. Being on time is a really big deal. And so my wisdom on this is don't send your credit payment in. Don't send your credit card payment, your mortgage payment. Don't send it in close to the due date. We are not 100% sure when the mail is going to get there. We're not 100% sure that our bank is going to process it on the day they said they were going to if we're mm-hmm. doing it electronically. Mm-hmm. So when the bill comes, pay it. Pay it right then. Pay it right then. This is why we live within our means so that we can create margin. Margin in our checking account and margin in our savings account. Mm-hmm. If we have enough room to pay our bills when they come due at the beginning of the cycle, we're never going to be late on them. And when you say margin, you mean enough cushion in terms of total dollars that you could absorb the payment for a credit card or something like that. Exactly. So here's, here's how I would say it to be really ultra clear. If you heard what I just said and you go, there's no way I can pay my credit card when the bill comes in. There's no way I can make the payment on the day it comes in. Mm -hmm. I don't get paid for another two weeks Mm -hmm. and I, and, and I'm always in that situation. Then you are on the verge 
you are already starting to slip into a place you don't want to be. You need to cut back your spending. You need to find a side gig. Mm -hmm. You need to do something to get enough margin, to get enough slack Mm -hmm. in your cash flow. Get a better paying job, something like that. Yes. Yeah. That you have enough space that when the bill comes, you can just go ahead and pay it. Okay. Okay. Yep. And then finally, not finally, but um, the one that bothers me the most is medical bills. Okay. Um, you, know, they... you go to the doctor and you had a $10 copay mm-hmm. and they took an x-ray mm-hmm. and um, that was fine. Not a big deal. Didn't break the bank. But you find out that six weeks later, um, you thought it was junk mail and it was some radiologist sending you a $12 bill for your part of looking at the x-ray mm-hmm. and you didn't pay it or they got your billing address wrong and they didn't send it to you. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you get a letter from a collections company. So we want to be ultra aware of bills that are happening outside of our normal structure, like medical bills. Yeah. So I know my car payment. I know when it comes, I know what the envelope looks like. I know I've got it set up in my bill pay automatically. That's not a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. I know what the American Express bill, when it comes, I know it comes every month. But something like a medical bill that's going to show up once, and who knows who it's going to come from, Mm -hmm. those are kind of dangerous. And so when you're getting services that you're going to be billed for, Mm -hmm. um, those need to be kind of on your radar. Okay. Um, And you need to be looking for them. Um, And if you don't get a bill, it's not a bad idea to call the provider and say, hey, did I get billed on this? Okay. Because you don't want to get sent to collections you don't want your credit score getting dinged. You don't want to have to go through the extra steps of getting something removed um, after after the fact. Okay. So um, that's why I always say that medical bills are the worst. They just, they more often than not, those are the things that, that reach out and get somebody who had a, a pristine score. Mm-hmm. And then um, to a lesser extent, some of the things that we hear talked about on TV or, or radio ads is opening and closing or transferring credit cards or credit debt. You know, don't do don't do transfers or don't don't get your credit checked. You know, by a by too many places at the first time because they'll that lowers your score. Okay. Yes, it does lower your score, but it doesn't lower your score like a lay payment. It doesn't lower your score like a collection or a write off. These are small small incremental. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to be deliberate. We've talked about this before. You want to be deliberate when it comes to debt. You want to be thoughtful. You don't want to just jump for something. You know, we'll give you $25 to open this account. No, it's not worth it. You want to be deliberate about it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, opening up a credit record does temporarily reduce your score by a little bit. Now, if you're wondering, well, what's a good score? Maybe this is your first rodeo and you're trying to figure out, you know, what, what should I be shooting for? Yeah. So I've got some ranges here um, that were put out on the internet. And they're, they're about, I think they're pretty correct. And that is what a credit score from 300 to 579 is considered poor. Okay. That means you're probably not going to be able to borrow money. Okay. okay? 580 to 669 is fair. Um, yeah. that's, that it, means you're going to, you might be able to get a car loan but it's going to be expensive uh-huh. um, and, and a premium lender, a, a, a quality lender is probably not going to be the one who's offering that, that rate to you. Okay. Once you start getting up 
over 670, 670 to 739 is considered a good score. Now, I mentioned at the very beginning, good doesn't get it. Good puts you, you know, maybe in the top third mm-hmm. of, of everybody. But we're not measuring against everybody. We're measuring against the idea that, that we want the bank to think we are solid. Okay. This is not somebody that's, uh, that's any risk. 670 to 739, you're still not going to get the best interest rates. Okay. Um, you're, you're going to be requiring to be, you know, put quite a bit of money down on things. Um, you're just not going to get the best deals. Once we move over 740, 740 to 799, things start to significantly improve. And I would say at this point, between 740 and 799, some of the other things that we've talked about, how people see us employer-wise, how um, insurance companies rate us, all of these things are now starting to improve. Okay. We're now moving into the place where um, we're seen as as really solid. That's the very good category? The very good category. <clears throat> okay. And then the last one, oddly enough, excellent, 800 to 850, I'm going to call overkill. Okay. <laughs> what, do, what do you mean? There's really not that many places where having an 800 to an 850 gets you something better than what someone who's got a 798 score is going to get. Okay. But if you're the type of person who, you know, wants the bling, if you, you know, if you want to be in the rare air, you know, <laughs> man, go for it. Okay. But you're probably going to be um, at the very least in your late twenties, you know, with a 10 year credit record before mm-hmm. you start getting a chance to be in the eight hundreds. Okay. But it really says that this person has managed their finances in such a way over an extended period of time um, that they offer little to no risk. History is really important for the credit agencies. And history is not established in a year or three years or even five years. If you have a big blot on your credit card or on your credit record, it takes a minimum of seven years for that to go away. Seven years. Wow. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't borrow things or you can't do things, Mm -hmm. but the idea of time um, on credit is a big deal. It takes a long time. All right, good. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a like, comment, or review. And tell your friends. New episodes drop weekly. Learn more about Jeff and John at relational-media.com. 